You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. This podcast has been created to help you connect and achieve your destiny as a leader. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the FCF Podcast. My name is John Coates, and I'm here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, interviewing a pastor, uh, Pastor Stephanie Motor from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for being with us. It's great to be here, and I'm, I'm real happy to talk with you. <laughs> it's been so fun uh, thinking about podcast and thinking about all the different people that have been interviewed and different reasons and thank you for all those that have tuned in and you've listened in and hopefully you'll listen to some of the past messages but today uh, we just have a privilege of being with Pastor Stephanie she's been a part of the FCF family for since its beginnings huh well a lot of years a lot of years I probably shouldn't say how many but uh, probably over at least over 30 Right, so when you were yeah. five, you yeah. joined. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I was five. It's a privilege because <laughs> uh, her and her husband, Mark Motor, pastor in FCF Church in Pittsburgh, and uh, it's called Berean Fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I've had the privilege of being there, ministering there, and knowing many people from the church. And uh, so it's just a joy to have an opportunity to sit down, to interview, and ask you some questions, and just believing that it will help and bring some inspiration, some encouragement, and even some impartation uh, to those that are listening. So if you would, why don't you tell us about how you guys got started? Uh, How did you get to Pittsburgh to start a church? Well, actually, my husband and I, uh, Mark and I, uh, were both born and raised in Pittsburgh. And, um, of course, the Lord took us to Tulsa. We went to Rama Bible Training Center. And uh, after that, we ended up in Annapolis, Maryland, at an FCF church. Really? Annapolis Christian Fellowship. Yeah, with Steve and Pat Lockard all those years ago. And actually, uh, Pastor Buddy had come to visit our church. And um, it, we were we were always so blessed, you know, by Pastor Buddy. And we were ordained originally there in Annapolis hmm through uh, with Pastor Buddy. And after we were there for a season, God began to talk to us about going back home. And um, I remember it was one of those things we were praying, just, you know, just as we hear oftentimes, you know, you feel like, you know, change is coming, change is coming, don't know what change that is. And we were both praying in the spirit separately from each other. And we came together and we go, I feel like we're supposed to go back home at this time. And it was like the the right season and the right time. And um, we actually came back to Pittsburgh with the intent of starting the church. Hmm. And um, we were pretty young. We were really young. (laughs) You know, when you're young, you don't know what you don't know. And you think, I can leap, you know, small buildings in a single bound, (laughs) and I can start a church. (laughs) So, um, you know, but God was good and gracious and um we were able to start really we kind of started full-time from the beginning um of course when you're young you know there's not a lot of finances that you need when you're just two of you together but um and god really has blessed us you know the entire way and um we've seen many things you know building land you know things that have come all along the way but we we literally started with nothing wow i mean nothing we had zero (laughs) Now, did you have? Did you guys have like a group of people that you already knew that you were asking to join the church, or you literally showed up, 
started everything. Well, we mo- we had our family, which okay. you can always coerce to do anything. <laughs> you realize that. Sure. So we had our family, and um, amongst our family, I mean, we began to get connected with some folks that were praying, asking God about a church, and God really connected. Actually, the initial connection was two older couples um, who were intercessors. Wow. And we really began to pray together as a team, the six of us. And believe me, they were they could be old enough to be our parents at the time. Mm. And uh, we were really praying. And how we actually started the church is we started with a men's Bible study. Really? And we started it in the home of one of those. And at the time, they, they became the elders, the beginning of the elders of the church. We started it in their... Um, home and we would have this men's bible study downstairs and my friend and i you know we would be upstairs in the bedroom praying in the spirit you know so (laughs) and spent a lot of times you know praying interceding speaking you know and from that the church really you know began to grow and we started looking for a place we rented initially we rented you know office space and uh um, from there, you know, we, we got so big, we were outgrowing that space and we began to look for property and God, you know, graciously, we got, ended up with 8.4 acres in the middle of a, you know, kind of a residential neighborhood. And, you know, that's where we are now. Right. And the Lord has really, you know, really blessed us from there. And so that was your first land, the one that I've been to, yes, that I've visited. Yes, actually. That's yeah. A really nice area for yeah first. how long were you guys in a uh in those office spaces do you think wow it was several years several. that we were there we rented an up like the whole upstairs of the office building and then we actually rented uh part of the downstairs as well and it was pretty crazy because it was pretty tight and then you know nursery was in this little cubby of a space and then children's church was <laughs> downstairs and yeah you know you have to be creative in small Absolutely. spaces wow <laughs> so. so which kind of comes to something that I uh, wanted to ask is have you so you and Pastor Mark have always have you always been in it both full on together yes, we've always uh, been co-pastors together and I just have to say this when we're talking about co-pastor um, there is an expression and I, I believe Pastor Buddy told us this that anything with two heads is a freak mm-hmm. you know I you have to have one head at anything. Sure. You, there cannot be two heads. And and I'll say from the very beginning, you know, my husband, Mark, is the head of our church. Mm. You know, he is the head. And um, but we definitely have we see each other as, you know, God's called us together. Mm. We you know, we are very different from one another. In fact, we laugh because whenever we've taken um, those personality tests, sure. if you take his test and flip it upside down, that's my <laughs> test. There you go. No, we are we are literally completely opposite in everything. In fact, I remember when we were when we were first married because my you know I come from a background where my mother did all the decorating in the house, and um, when we were first married down here in Tulsa in our little apartment, and we were you know taking and we laughed because one of our first arguments was over the ugly mushroom pictures somebody gave us these well at the time we thought they were awesome but when they were really ugly mushroom pictures of mushrooms of course put that on your wall anyway so (laughs) so we took these pictures and like i just like you don't get a say like you don't you don't you don't say where things are hung that's my job (laughs) My, my dad never had to say where things were decorated so you know just things like that i mean we we definitely don't see things the same but in a way that's why god brings opposites together is because he 
kind of complements my giftings and I complement his giftings and he sees things that I don't see and I see things that he doesn't see. Mm. And so I feel that we're able to, we present more of the picture of whole, of, you know, who the father God sure. is and, um, and enable to, I believe, bring more gifts and talents and anointing to the church. Absolutely. Yeah. So from the beginning, you guys have done that together. Was there from the very beginning? Yeah. Was there a role? Uh, obviously, you said you know when it comes down to it, he's the senior pastor. Was right. there a role that you filled? Say the associate, the youth, the children. Was was there a? Area yeah, that I guess you the, ti- the title that we gave me that I've had for years is associate pastor. Okay. But I've I've kind of had took different departments that I was over. I was over the children's church, obviously, for years. I you know I did children's church. I organized children's church. I taught leaders and led leaders and all that. Also, the women's ministry and and very much involved in our um, small group ministry and helping and teaching that and and getting that rolling and going and keep maintaining that. And and often I preach many times, you know, we take Mm -hmm. um, turns when he can't preach, I'm preaching or, um, you know, your life evolves as you're in the ministry. And one of the things that the Lord directed me the last couple years is having healing services. Mm. So we'll have separate services that are just healing services. And I lead those because God uses me in that way. Wow. Yeah. 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 So when the, when you guys first started the church, did you guys have children at that time? We did not. Okay. We didn't. We've actually, we were married for eight years before we had kids, and um, which is kind of good. Because sure. <laughs> you kind of, well, we got married really young, so uh, we had plenty of time to have kiddos. Sure. And uh, yeah, we didn't at first, when we f- first were married and started the church, and we had children, you know, as we began to go on in the ministry. Okay. Yeah. So what's cool about FCF is the diversity yeah. Men, women, evangelists, pastors, we believe in the fivefold ministry gift. Right. Um, but however, some people may not remember because it's been some time or maybe they're just now like you guys, You were they were married and didn't understand this. You guys went through a season where you're starting a family, but you're mm-hmm. both full time in ministry. What right. were some of the challenges that you guys faced you know, as you were spearheading this new church, you're going through buildings, and yet you're still trying to raise a family. And I've had the privilege of knowing your family, and you've raised a godly family, all three of your kids, mm-hmm. serving the Lord. Yes. So what what were the challenges that you guys faced, and maybe how did you overcome some of those? Well, I think the p- most important thing is that you have to keep first things first, and the ministry will always be there, but your kids won't. Mm. And they have to come before that. I know that's hard, it's a hard thing, especially when you love to, you love doing what you do. You want to be. We all love when something that we feel good about, and people say, "Hey, you're good at this. We want to do it again." Sure. And so, like it can like we someone made this phrase and said the anointing is addicting. It really yeah. is. I mean, we love to be in the anointing. We love to flow in the anointing. We, we love to do the work of the ministry. Um, but you've got to keep first things first. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, Mark and I always did is we put our kids schedule in first and then we would plan the you know group meetings and you know someone wants to talk to you and all that other extra stuff um, came on top of our kids schedule like mm. if my daughter was going to be in a play or she was going to be in her soccer match or Harrison had uh, you know a meet we were at 
all the kids wow. all the time. I when he was in a meet, we were there. We you know he ran cross country, and if you've ever had to watch cross cross country, you have to be good at cross country yourself because you run wow. from station to station to just catch a glimpse of your child running past. But we were there. Wow. I was I was every soccer match. We went to every softball, um, you know, game for Catherine or volleyball. Because to me, I always said it because I love children and I feel like to me, the children, my children were the gift that God gave me. It's mm. the payoff for doing life. This is your blessing that you get wow. to have children. And so, and my kids were very much, our kids never not, never didn't want to come to church. We made them a part of everything. Oh, we get to go to church today. Oh, we get to do children's church today. Oh, they're going to do this fun thing and they're going to do that fun thing. And especially, you know, one of our outreaches, which has been very successful over the years is Vacation Bible School. And they were always a part of that and a part, you know, planning that they're helping. Oh, I'm going to help Miss So-and-so decorate her room or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go with, you know, Mr. So-and-so down here, and we're going to pick up the supplies for the set together. So I think my kids, I never had to drag them out of bed to go. Hmm. I know they, they, all their friends were there. They made friends. They, and believe me, there was a lot of summers when I worked in the summer that I brought my kids, my secretary brought her kids and (laughs) there was a pile of kids there. And you know, they would, we would dig out all the craft boxes and they would go out in the yard and play and, you know, but there was community and there was a sense that they had a part to play in it and they loved it they loved church and so it didn't become a competing thing Hmm. you know like oh there's that church taking away my my mother taking away my dad they they never felt that way Hmm. you know i at least i don't believe they felt that way (laughs) so yeah from well knowing your both your girls and your son all of them serving yeah you know i mean i think that that's a that's a huge sign to say that that obviously they caught yeah. something because if they were, then they would be running from serving, but they're actually running to serving. Yeah. So that's huge. One particular, I guess, memory that I had is when my son happened to be home. He's in the army now, but it was happened to be home one summer in between things. And we had vacation Bible school and all my kids, like Harrison was leading a group over here and Victoria was leading a group over here. And Catherine was in the play over here to serve the Lord with your family. Wow. There's nothing like that. Yeah. And I just was, I said, this makes my heart so happy <laughs> to sure. see them all doing something for God. You know, they don't have to be full-time ministry, but I've always encouraged my kids that, you know, wherever you go, do something, get involved. Yeah. You don't have to be a full-time minister. There's all sorts of things that you can do sure. to share Jesus with other people. Now, I've been to your guys' church, so when you say, like, we did ministry and kids, it wasn't, we did Sunday mornings and then... Monday through Friday, we were doing kids stuff. I mean, you guys have stuff going on. You have guest speakers. You have yeah. special meetings. You host and meetings for meetings. yeah, for a lot other... of small groups. So, yeah. what was it with all of that going on? What do you? What is some things? I know you said we put our kids' schedule first, but what are some other practical things? Because I'm sure there's young mothers listening right now that are called and they're facing. How do I do both of this? How am I, I want to be the best mom that I can be, but I can't deny the call of God on my life, and I don't feel like the Lord has asked me to lay one down for the other. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing both. What would you say to that, maybe that young mother right now that's kind of in that, trying to figure out how to navigate that? Well, I think the per, I think the thing is, too, is that you have to realize you don't have to be like everybody else, that we all have a different 
um, pattern and how we how we work out that balance between ministry, family, and even taking care of ourselves. I mean, there's a lot to life. You know, um, I think you really need to pray and ask the Lord, God, what exactly are you calling me to? Because one of the things is you can be very capable at something. We all are very capable. That doesn't mean that we have the capacity mm. to do it. Uh, talking about time, energy, strength, sanity, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. all those play into that. Um, you know, I one of the things that I know that God is still talking to me about and forever talking to me is putting first things first. What did I tell you first to do? What's the first, mm. what's what's number one here? You can, I can easily, because I've done things for years and lots of people have done that. I can do that. I can go to the kitchen and start helping out in the kitchen with the kitchen crew of ladies. I can, you know, I could go with the homeless group and go and pray for people, you know, on in the homeless. I can, I do go down to the prison ministry, but you can go to, I can go down to the prison. I can, I mean, there's so many opportunities and, be, and because I'm not, you know, I'm not intimidated. I don't feel like I can't do it. I usually, you know, have the ability to do it. It's easy to say yes, 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 yes. But you have to be careful what Mm. you say yes to. You really have to be careful what you say yes to. And so, and I, and, and know that, hey, God, this is, you're calling me to this ministry. And then allowing yourself to make room for that. And, you know, and, and, just preparing your schedule for that, preparing your kids for that. You know, it may mean bringing somebody in the house. I mean, there were times I um, brought people came to my house to watch my child. And, um, you know, there was times where I, I would take my kids, you know, they didn't go for long periods of time, but for a few hours they went, someone would babysit them or or something like that. But um, definitely I feel like you don't have to be like anybody else. Mm, really you good. don't have to look at that person and say, oh, I have to do A, B, C, D. You just have to do what God's calling you to do. Yeah. The generation yeah. now may not remember this, but there was a generation where the pastor's wife played the piano, yeah. you know, led the choir, did Sunday school. <laughs> you know, know what I, like, that, that's kind of what my wife and I have went through, uh, different yeah. seasons because of people we've seen. Yeah you know, growing up and like... We, we call that the, the beauty pageant pastor's wife. She sits there looking gorgeous and she has the queen's wave. I said, well, I want that job. All they do is go like this and, and just spend the paycheck. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not me though. No, I, I'm not a sitter. I, I'm, you know, I'm a doer. And sure. Yeah. And not that, hey, you might be called to play piano sure. and that's good. I, I know exactly. There was only certain things and it's probably a little bit even beyond me, but there was, there's definitely definitely certain roles i mean i remember when i first started preaching and see there's a difference between your personality and the anointing sure well, when the anointing would come on well i'm a more of a preacher and i would start preaching and then people would say wow gosh we know who wears the pants in that family mm. i mean it's like well but that's not my personality i mean you don't understand you know i'm not there preaching at my husband when i'm at him <laughs> i mean it's hardly wow. like that. But, you know, there's a difference between anointing and That's personality. Really there's a difference. And um, But I think the big thing in being a woman in ministry is learning to accept yourself for who you are 
I mean, you can't apologize for yourself forever. I, in, in the early days, because I was so different than Mark, I always kind of, okay, just a little tagline ahead of time. Sorry, but I'm not, I'm not him. And, and God really, and people would come up to me and say, you've got to stop doing that. Wow. You're not going to make an excuse for how God made you. This is who you are. That's there you really go. Good. <laughs> Be who you are. You don't have to make an excuse for it. Yeah. You know, I always said, you know, wouldn't it be lovely that I was born in Kenneth and Gloria's home and, you know, but God saw fit to make Ralph and Tootie my mother and dad, you know, so there you go. Born in Pittsburgh, Ralph and Tootie. This is it. Yeah. You know, so you can't apologize. That's so good. You That's have so to good. be who you are. You know, I have a very A-type strong dad and I have been accused of being more like my dad than my mom, okay? <laughs> I've accepted that. I've accepted it. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. Sure. I mean, this is, you know, we've been influenced, we were trained, and this is who we, this is who you are. So on that, it's kind of interesting how this goes, because I, I just, I really believe there's women that are out there, and there's not a lot of teaching. It's it, This is how I kind of see it. I see, like, there's two trains of thought. There's the thought that men do the ministry mm-hmm. and then women are allowed to do ministry as well. Like there's these two thoughts and people who have accepted, well, women are called just as much as men. They just do it, but there isn't any understanding of why they do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm saying that is because I think that there's, this is a, a new season that's coming up. Um, and I think God has is, is, said in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out in your son's and, and daughters. daughters yeah and i don't know if people realize this but just as much as we need when we say we need someone to step up and take that role uh whether you're a woman or a man if you're called to do that we need you to step up and take your place in the kingdom and and do it to the best of your ability in your experience because pittsburgh had a dad that was an a person i don't know what his past is but i know the uh the background religiously of pittsburgh right um Catherine coleman came from there and you hear about yeah. the stories that she faced right what are some things that the lord has given you revelation on about women in ministry because i'm sure you've had to face who yeah, are you You're i mean a woman it is a man's world i mm. mean how often in the ministry especially has been definitely a male dominated sure you know arena and um it, it's i think more and more people are accepting more women in ministry i mean the bible does says there is no male nor female mm-hmm. in Christ. I mean, God looks at us after spirit and how silly it is. He doesn't like, it doesn't look at someone and say, oh, I'm sorry, you don't have the right body parts. Can't use you. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous when you think the fact that he's the father of spirits. Hallelujah. He looks at us by our spirit. Yeah. He's not, this is just in shell. This is just an outward shell, you know, and this, and to think that God would disqualify half or more than half, really, because population is dominated by women, not men. There's mm-hmm. less men than women. God would take half of his whole creation that he created and say, oh, sorry, can't use you. I mean, it's silly. Why would he make something he wouldn't use? Mm. And we know that Eve was in Adam. God took Eve out of Adam. So the original Adam had Eve in there. Mm. So when God looked at Adam and say, I'm going to anoint you, I've called you, I'm using you for, you know, for future, for the, for the future of the world, she was in there when he called her. Mm. 
She was in there when he anointed him. She was in there when he spoke over her. And he just took her out of there. That's good. There you go. He just separated two pieces so that then it was two individuals who would need each other to be whole in one. Mm. And we all, you've heard many teaching about this, that, you know, he didn't take the rib. He took from the rib from his side, not from her head to dominate, not from his head to dominate, that she would dominate him, not from his feet. So she would, but the the idea of her, when she was pulled out, when you look into all that, and I've studied that before, it's standing toe to toe, face to face. They're, they're called co-laborers for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're well, co-laborers. And then even when we look at just the fall, it wasn't like she was standing in a corner not doing anything. Right. Or at home. They were working in the field together. Together. So. Right. What What would you say to um, maybe a young single lady right now? And she's, I just kind of have this sense that I've heard it before because I've yeah, been a pastor, been around people. But man, she's got this, she knows she's called to full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And she's maybe doubting uh, who she's going to marry. Because she's like, I'm called to full-time ministry. Like, how do, how do I navigate that as a full-time? You know, we would hear someone say, um, you know, when you're called, your spouse is going to be called. And, you know, it doesn't always mean that they're going to be doing the same thing. But they are going to share in the work. But what about someone right now that there's a, a young lady out listening right now? And she's like, I know I'm called to full-time ministry. What, what do you feel like you would say to that? I mean, as far as looking for a spouse, is that what you're yeah, that direction? I would just really say, um, being equally yoked is more than someone's born again and filled with the spirit. There's so many more components. Mm. You definitely need to hear God. You mm. want to be equally yoked because you definitely need somebody that's headed in the same direction. You don't want you going one way and them pursuing another way. Um, you know, I I remember years ago meeting a, an older gentleman who had a healing ministry, very anointed man. Um, he would he came and when he would pray for you, he, his hands would shake, but he had tremendous um, healing and people were just really set free in his ministry. And his wife okay, would as be sitting out in the car, looking at her watch, waiting, waiting for him to be done. Mm. And I remember him saying to us, the leadership team at the time, he said, you would think that if God called you, that he would call your spouse. Well, he does. You know, I'm just saying that, that the choice, and this was a second wife, by the way, the choice that he made in this person probably wasn't God's, it may have been God's permissive will, but it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't God's perfect will for him because God is going to bring you someone who's going to be able to go in the same direction. You know, when you think of being equally yoked, you think of a yoke that goes on to beast of burden, mm-hmm. perhaps oxen, perhaps horses, whatever. But how silly, they're not going to get anywhere. They're not going to be able to plow anything if one horse wants to go to the right and the other horse wants to go to the left. Sure. When you are yoked together, you have to pull the same direction. You have to pull the same direction. So more than, oh, well, yeah, they're born again. Oh, yeah, they're filled with the Spirit. Oh, yeah, they go to church. It, it's more than that. It's what, do they have the same passion? In fact, it was interesting my my husband Mark and I were talking as we were coming to this meeting and we were saying the one thing that keeps us bound together more than anything more than the fact that we have three children more than the fact that we've 
been married more than we ever stayed with our parents, <laughs> probably live, been married like twice and spent twice as many years than we did in our own homes, um, is the fact that we have such uh, a driving passion to serve God and to see the will of God done and to see people healed and saved and delivered. Mm. That's the thing that holds us together. That's what we like about each other. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. that we both like to do this thing called ministry. I mean, it's it's kind of what keeps us bound together. Yeah. And so I would have to say, because I, I know a very um, uh, a young man in ministry uh, who was dating uh, somebody and not that she was a lovely person saved filled with the spirit came to church but she really wasn't called to ministry wow. and from the start you know you don't want to say anything you're like uh, tilt 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 you know <laughs> two different directions here two different directions and and I think as they began to work on that relationship that became more and more apparent not less and less apparent. Mm. So, um, if you're a young woman and you want you 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 feel called to ministry, get into a wonderful church family. Find a great pastor and his wife. Um, you know, get in their leadership team. You know, that's your covering. Get mm -hmm. in a covering. Don't be out there all by yourself. And that's you know, so you need to be in a family. You yeah. know, hey, you know, remember the New Testament talks about the prophet and he his daughters prophesied. Mm -hmm. Like they were in ministry. They had you know, yeah. they had they were in ministry, but they were under their dad. He was their covering, and um, so it's important to be in a church family. Um, that there for your protection and and there to help you grow Absolutely. and help you and release the gifts that are in you yeah you know whatever they may be yeah I want to just tackle on that because um, this is probably more of a society question than it is a okay. theological <laughs> one what about the woman she feels called full-time ministry and maybe the husband is okay I guess I'm touching this. I've, I've seen this happen. A woman's called to full-time ministry, but her husband isn't. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to find this dynamic. Right. The husband believes she's called to full-time ministry. He knows he's not, and he wants to support her. But I've also seen where a woman has the full-time ministry call on her life. Mm -hmm. She marries someone, and then the man almost becomes jealous. Not jealous, but it just doesn't gel maritally because he's not called to full-time ministry and she is what would you say to well, that if that's not too hot of a button well i i think um i think if you're already in a relate you're already in this relationship um and maybe you didn't consider these things and you made a choice i think that's something that you all have to work out together with the lord mm. i mean once you're married you you have a commitment to your husband and you have to have some kind of unity in that house you can't have chaos you've got to have unity you've got to be in agreement together um you know definitely i believe if you married someone who loves you and 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 really wants you I mean, you're not going to be happy if you don't fulfill that call. You're not going to feel, you've got to be able to fulfill that call. But if you've already found yourself in a situation, or if you've been married for many years, and then you feel this call has come after you've been married, and your husband's like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is a bit of a game changer. Mm -hmm. I mean, and but I believe that if God has called you, 
God will prepare the way. God will prepare your husband's heart. Um, a good thing is find other people in their same situation and talk to them, find mentors, get, you know, there's so many people in ministry that have pastors and leaders that have lived through these situations Mm -hmm. and, you know, talk to them, ask them to help you in your marriage. If there's a friction here about this, but listen, I've seen many, uh, situations, couples where the wife is the more prevalent in ministry, mm-hmm. but the, their husband was there to support them. They either, you know, drove them to their speaking engagements, sold stuff at the book table. They're just as much in the ministry, you know, maybe the ministry of helps, but they were behind them a hundred percent. And this is what I say about, cause people get into the submission thing, you know, sure. but I talk about you, you always stand in different arenas mm-hmm. in your life. Uh, and I take it to football because I'm from Pittsburgh and I have to talk about the Steelers at least once. So we talk about Big Ben, okay? So, you know, when, you know, Big Ben is in the stadium, in that arena, he calls all the shots because he's a quarterback. Mm. He calls the plays. They let him call his own plays, right? He calls sure. it in Pittsburgh. He calls his own. So anyway, so he calls his own play and plays. And those players are in submission to him in the arena and when he throws the ball they run and catch it or they they run where he tells them to run whatever he's he's the authority they're in submission but when they leave the arena ben's not necessarily the one that's in charge anymore you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it might be a situation maybe they're a part of a club and then another one rises up and is in authority and then the rest are in submission. So in in your life, I find in my life, there's times when I'm the one that's in the submissive role. Mm. There's times when I'm you know, the one that's in authority in this group. We all do that. We mm. all, you know, my relationship with my husband is a totally different arena than the relationship that I have, you know, when I'm interacting with people in the church, you know. So, you know, the Bible says submitting one to another Mm -hmm. and the most important thing is whatever we do we're doing it out of spirit of love and respect for each other you know i'm not ruling over you (laughs) you know i'm in charge here it's not about that it's about you know god's either god's called me and i'm here to serve you you know we all talk about being servant leaders and you know when you even think about you know because we get into the husband's the head of the house but yeah but he's the head of the house as christ was towards the church Jesus was a servant leader. He got down and washed everybody's feet. And so a husband is a servant leader like Jesus is a servant leader. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I just, whatever we do in these relationships with That's our good. spouses, we, you know, I, I do what I do because I love my husband and I love God and I want to fulfill that plan. Mm-hmm. So, and he does the same thing. Absolutely. He loves me. He loves God, you know, and we're, we respect each other. I respect him. And what something I always do because I believe in honor. I think I think there's a big lack of honor in our society right now. Sure. Because nobody honors anybody. There's there's a huge spirit of ridicule. That's all that you see. But when I refer to my husband, he's the pastor, I always say Pastor Mark mm. when I'm in front of people. And he calls me Pastor Stephanie. 
And so that people, you know, I don't really care if you call me by my name, but it's a, it's a matter of honor and respect and to teach people that you should honor the, the gifts that God has given in the, in the church. But I never just say Mark in front of the church people, mm, right. or in fact, I always have to correct myself because I forget who I'm, ta- my, my <laughs> audience. Okay, should I, do, I, do I say daddy? Do I say uncle Mark? Do I say Mark? Do I say pastor Mark? You know, <laughs> so you, sometimes you forget your audience, you know, but anyways, but those so, are the, what we're trying to say, I guess, in this is like, it's okay for a woman to be called to full-time ministry and marry someone who's not in the essence Absolutely. of giftings. But, I mean, yeah, they're but, both going to be called. Yeah, but. both called. And, and we can say too, I mean, if he's behind her, which probably he will be, he's called to the full-time ministry too. Right. He's called, it may be prayer. It may be organizing the finances for her. Mm-hmm. It may be, you know, like I said, maybe he'll he's there to stand by her side wherever she speaks. He's just as much as called. I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, Aquila and Priscilla, so. and they both trained Apollos, who was a man, because I, you get into a lot where people say, well, it's okay for a woman to speak to women and children, but they can't speak to men. Well, mm-hmm. you know, Priscilla did. Priscilla yeah. helped raise Apollos. <laughs> yeah, there's a great, we don't have time to go into all those debates. Of yeah, even how right. Timothy, if you read the Greek of how Paul spoke to Timothy, and I don't want to get into that because that's yeah. a hot topic. I just, I wanted to speak to, um, I guess that maybe that young lady that, you know, she feels the call of God strongly on her life. And mm-hmm. I'm called to full-time ministry. And then wondering, yeah, but if I want to be married, do I have to lay that down? You know, and I just, I don't know, I just really in my heart felt that there is someone going to be listening that really just needs that spoken over them. Go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, find a spouse that's going to respect that and honor that. And don't settle for something less. Because uh, right. we need you. We need you to step up and, and take that role and don't allow, you know, confusion of what you don't know to rob you of what you do know. And that, that's your called. And, um, you know, traveling, I've seen it both ways. I've seen, you know, the woman, she's the pastor of the church. I know people would have, you know, uh, a mess to say about that. But, man, the husband, he, was, I don't, he wasn't even on staff. He was there to support her. I'm thinking about someone right now. They mm-hmm. travel. He has his own business, but when she travels, he travels with her. He doesn't speak. He doesn't do anything, but he's there. Think about Joyce Meyer and right. Dave Meyer. There you go. And just yeah. wanna, I just want to encourage those that are listening, and maybe you're sitting there wondering, how, as a woman, can I be called to full-time ministry and my husband maybe not see himself? Do I have to cut off the relationship? You know, do I have to just settle for the single life the rest of my life? Because I just want to let you know that there's an organization that believes in you, Mm -hmm. and we want to partner with you. And that's what I've seen and love about Pastor Stephanie uh, and her husband there in Pittsburgh. And uh, Pastor Stephanie is actually our East Coast rep uh, Mm -hmm. for FCF and I just want, I want yeah. to say this one thing. It just, listen, it takes a very strong man not to be intimidated by women. Mm. And one thing I can say about my husband, I'm going to brag on him, is he has always promoted women. I'm not the only one who does ministry in our church. Mm. I mean, there's lots of women doing lots of things. And, you know, we, we have a personal care pastor. She's a woman. Uh, we have a young woman now who leads our dramatic arts group. She's a woman. Uh, we have many of the women that lead individual Bible studies and cell groups, women, you mm-hmm. know, uh, prayer leaders, women. 
Um, and there's a lot of men doing things too, but Mark has always been promoted women. He has never been intimidated. Like he's not intimidated by my gift. He, there's no sense of, oh, wow, she's going to outshine me or <laughs> there's none of, there's no competition, you know, um, and it takes a very secure person to do sure. that. You have to listen, you have to know who you are. I mean, really, you have to know who you are, who God's called you to be, and not to be intimidated mm -hmm. by al allowing or releasing women, um, you know, to do what God's called them sure. to do. There's nothing yeah. wrong, men, if you're listening, obviously you are, to say that a woman is smarter than you. <laughs> we, have a, <laughs> a, we have a girl in the church that she actually works at the international office, Colleen, mm -hmm. and we just got her MDiv. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I call her on many occasions. Hey, I'm, I'm preaching this. I want to talk about the Greek word. If I say this, is that really what it is? Or am I just trying to make words say it? I have no problem saying from the pulpit, hey, how do you say that word, Colleen? Because I'm going to, I'm just going to mess it up. And so I just want to just, I guess, encourage uh, everyone out there that are listening. Maybe you're a man, maybe you're a woman. Listen, if you got a call of God on your life, you need to say yes yes and yes mm -hmm. again to that call yes. and believe that god will put uh, bring the people alongside of you uh, that are going to be out there and then to all the mothers that are out there know that you can do both you need to know your season and know your place and don't be intimidated to think you got to be somebody else Amen. and uh, so thank you so much for being with us sure. pastor stephanie sure. we appreciate you and believe that uh, your words now just before we go, as we're closing up, now you've written and you were talking about your VBS. We didn't necessarily go into much, but you right. have a VBS curriculum. I have. I've and, written Vacation Bible School. And how, if someone wanted to, to, I just can speak for it because I've seen it year after year after year. It's produced such a, a, a harvest for your church, your community. Mm -hmm. um, if someone wanted to get information about that, where would they go to find well, out information? You can go to stephaniemotor.com. It's on there or our website, our church at Berean Fellowship. A dot org and i believe it's still on amazon it should it still be the, i think it's what still was there. the the what is it called the title it's called cosmic zenith heroes it's a drama-based uh curriculum and um it's written we've kind of there's a lot to it there's a lot of instruction in there but i've written it with kind of two tracks because some churches have more resources than other churches sure. so i've written it with the idea that you can do it very simply um, with limited resources, but if you want to go out all full stops, uh, I've written it for those that want to just mm. pour all these resources and do all this stuff, but it has everything soup to nuts tells you about volunteers and goes into the schedule. It goes in, there's many aspects to it. It has dramas written for every day. It's, we, it, it's an episode type thing. Mm. There's a, a new episode, um, but um, the object lessons are written in there, uh, you know, did the teachings, um, stuff, ideas for the individual teachers as far as the classrooms, because it kind of goes from small group to large group back to mm. small group again. Um, there's just a lot packed into That's one awesome. little thing, one little box. So we just so. encourage you, if you're looking for that or know someone that is, go to that stephaniemotor.com. Yes. BrianFellowship.org right. to find out more information. Right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in again to another FCF Leadership Podcast. You have been listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast, where our focus is to help you achieve your destiny as a leader. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org.